Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Ed's Words with Edward. Uh, for this podcast, we are continuing part two of our Todd McFarlane interview that we did recently. Uh, so enjoy. Thank you. I think that they will at least be curious as to go to it, right? Yeah. Like, why are people curious to go see Goliath? That's, that's playing on something that came out 20 years ago. What are you talking about? Everybody was babies when it came out. Not me. I'm too old, but, you know... My kids were like, I don't get it, Dad. The end of the end of Split, they didn't get it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And they're like, what's happening, Dad? And I'm like, oh, my God, the punchline. Took him 20 years, but he finally gave me the punchline, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this was a comic book movie. She goes, I don't understand what you're talking about. Daughter, you don't know it yet, but you just watched a comic book movie. Right? Yeah. You thought you were watching some psycho movie. You just watched a comic book movie. Yeah. Ooh, that was cool. It was cool. So I, I think there's a, I, I think there's a hunger and I think there's a curiosity. Yeah. And so maybe Spawn's not the, the, the thing that will satisfy that appetite, but I know that every, there's a lot of people that are willing to at least go on opening day just for one bite. Yeah. And then we'll see whether they want more of it, right? Yeah. So I don't know why they feel that everything has to be aimed at people that will then buy a toy after they're done with it, right? Yeah, because you guys, what they're trying to do is they're like, here's the movie, here's the toys, go buy both. Take your toy with you to the movie, you know? Right, t-shirts and hats and yeah. whatever else. So I just, I, no, I just go, I just want to put out a good movie and then walk away from it. Yeah. And, and then if they want to buy anything more, then fine. So we'll see. I, 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 I one of the emails today was to Jason about, come on, dude, right, you know? The month of October, if you read in the trades, was a, a record-breaking month. It just shattered all these records. And I go, there's millions of people that try to work in that industry. And I go, for four weeks of this month, the number one movie for four weeks in a row has either been Halloween or Venom. Yep. And you and I somehow are tied to both of those movies. Yeah. He did way more as the <laughs> producer of Halloween than I did on Venom. I just sort of... Help put that pebble down the road years ago, but still, we had some creative influence on both of those. So, you know, why why is it so hard to go? Oh, the guys who rocked the last month. There's millions of people that want to be at number one. You and I have been there for four weeks in a row. Why can't they get this thing called Spawn? I don't. It's exhausting to me. It's getting exhausting yeah. to me. But so what? About I was. I'll say. I was like thoroughly excited when it was even announced that it was going to be done like I was I was just like oh we're no. getting another one <laughs> I was 10 when the no. first movie came out right. you know I was super excited you know I mean me and my friends we literally you know I, I was able to get my older brother to help us go to the movie like we skipped school and everything to go watch it <laughs> I, 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 I think there's going to be a big group of people who's going to go He's been talking about this damn thing for so long. I gotta just go see it because he's been he's been talking himself a big story. I'm gonna go to it. Here's what here's what I keep telling Hollywood. That movie in 1997 opened up to 20 million bucks. Yeah. That was when tickets were five bucks or yeah. ten bucks or close to ten bucks. Now, I go. You give you get me the exact same amount of people that count the exact same amount of people that that want opening day to today. It's gonna be a 40 million plus opening, mm-hmm. on a fraction of a budget. On a fraction of a budget, we're gonna get a 40 million dollar opening. Like I don't. Like to me, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. This is low hanging fruit. This is low hanging fruit to me. But anyways, they 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 gotta do what they gotta do. And there's plenty of people on the outside that are willing to give me money. And if not, I I got a couple other options that I just go. I'll just 
I'll just do what I've done before. I'll just do it myself. You know, screw you. I'll figure it out on my own, right? Yeah. And then I'll just come back and and whatever. But we'd like we'd just like do your way to be like, see, told you it would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> but you need them to be a little bit pregnant with you at least, so that because then otherwise distribution and marketing gets weird if they're not sort of you know a little bit got some skin in the game. You yeah. know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that it's. It's a beast. It's a beast that moves slow, so we'll we'll figure it out. So. Something that I read is that uh, you're trying to at least you can tell if this is true or not. Uh, you're trying to make kids cry in this next one. Yeah, it'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be cool because you no, know, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, I, you, look at it. I, it was funny they took that out of the whole conversation I had, <laughs> but but it came out of the conversation that that I was saying that you know Warner Brothers is going to do this R-rated Joker. I don't believe for one second, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I don't believe for one second it's going to live up to my standards. Because my insanity definition and their insanity definition, are not, they're not even close. Yeah. And my insanity ones, if you gave me the Joker and said, Todd, go, go make insanity, I would make kids cry. <laughs> to the point that if you brought an eight-year-old, they would leave. The parent would leave, would be disgusted that their kids cry and go, what the hell is it? And then I go, good, now that we've flushed out the kids, now let's talk about insanity on an adult level to everybody who's now left in this yeah, room right. and let's go. But I also wouldn't be worried that six months, eight months down the road that that same character might have to drop down to PG-13 so he can be in the next Batman movie yep. or sell toys or T-shirts, yeah. right? I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. I own a toy company and I have to call my salespeople and to say, uh, just so you guys know, there's nothing I'm writing in this Spawn movie that will sell a toy. And they were kind of bummed. Because <laughs> they were like, so you own a toy company and you're not writing anything about toy? No. Because to me, it's, it's a little bit of wagging the, uh, uh, letting the tail wag a dog. I just go, my job is to make a movie that people want to watch, not sell a toy. Yeah. Well, if you want to sell a toy, we'll come up with toy ideas and we can sell toys. Yeah. I go. I'm. I, I each everything I do. Comic books should sell comic books, and toys should sell toys, and and movies should sell movie tickets, right? I mean, yeah. And if they happen to cross over, okay. Yeah, that's, obviously that, there that's be a, like that, some sort of correlation with them, but not like by accident. Not, not, yeah, exactly. By by like, accident. This is the reason I'm selling. Well, otherwise, you wind up with GI Joe, where it's you know the the product was. It's hard to tell what the product was. It was all of it, I guess. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was the early demise, I think, a little bit of, uh, if you remember the early uh, Tim Burton Batman. Uh -huh. yeah. And then it came and Joel Schumacher took over as yep. the director. And then by the last one, when it finally stopped and it went away for a while, if you remember that one, it was, it was Batman, Robin, Batgirl, uh -huh. Mr. Freeze, I think the Riddler, uh, Poison, no, no, Poison Ivy. Ivy Poison Ivy, yeah, yeah but whatever. It was, a, it, was like, it was this football team <laughs> yeah. was on the screen, and the first one was just Batman. Right, and so why? Because hey, if we could sell one figure, then we could sell yeah, ten figures, and we could, and it was all they they literally were going, hey, let's let's sell toys, and let's put out two different cars, and let's do a bat cycle, and let's you and, know, and nobody was happier than Burger King, you know, yeah. they were they were the ones yeah. who were benefiting most, yeah. the art the right. artists or you know, and like I said, and, and in some cases it works to a high level, sure. and they still make so again that's their decision making, right? So and they're public companies, and they're Attic is, and they're raised as a CEO, is that they have a fiduciary responsibility to maximize the worth of the shareholders' stocks. That's what, that's their job. Yeah. And so they're not 
overly entitled to look way down the line. Everything, you know, is 90 days increments of, because you have to then go in front of your shareholders and give them the results of those decisions. So everything's 90 days, 90 days, 90 days. It's tough to go to public companies and say, I got this two-year plan, because they don't even know whether they're going to physically be there in two years. So, and which is why, as a small company, you can, again, those are those cracks they give you. They move slow, and they don't think long-term, so you can sometimes plan around them a little bit. But Spawn, to me, is just, he's unfettered by the corporate ownership, right? So I can do whatever it is that I want. So will Spawn kill? Shit, yes. <laughs> Shit, yes. So would Batman? No. Nope. Okay, that's your choice. Right, my guy. My guy's not. Not my guy's not beholden to any of that. And if people find it repulsive and don't like it, then I guess they won't buy tickets, or they won't buy the next ticket, or they won't buy the toys, or they won't buy the comics, or whatever. I, I, I'll, I'll get the backlash. You know, and, and for me, I thought I always thought was kind of funny because even with the new Venom movie, people were complaining about that. Like, oh, like there was actual people complaining like, oh, he he's too dark. Like he he's biting heads off. And in my mind, I'm like. Have you never read the, the actual character? Like he is not your no. Well, the answer is no. Not they, your friendly person. Right, like, right. So the answer is no. They didn't. Yeah. And so, but I look at I again be, mind, trying to see, be yeah. trying to be fair to everybody. I can see it. I'm a mom. I'm a dad. I got my eight year old son, seven year old son, daughter, whatever, and 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 I've taken them to the last five Marvel movies. I hear this is a character from the Marvel verse. Okay, so I'm just getting into a groove, right? And as I get into the groove then all of a sudden it, it breaks some of the norms of what I was used to and all of a sudden it's a little bit shocking, right? Yeah. So, for people who, who are not eight, it was okay. And as a matter of fact, for people who were 18, they're going, ah, you should have done more, right? I mean, uh, yeah. it was, I think it was the, in a weird way, almost the opposite reaction. They thought he should have been harsher. Yeah, and that's like, that's my mind, like, my mindset going into, uh, you know this this new spawn in my mind i'm like i'm expecting a lot of death uh chains capes like just very dark dark scenery like that's what i'm expecting someone's gonna die oh one way or another or most people are gonna die like that's already my mindset going into the movie you know and that's like i guess like as a fan of, of comic books in general like i always tell people like if you're not sure what you're gonna get into research it a little bit like like learn what the character's about that way you either you're gonna be disappointed with, you know, the, the way it's not looking, or you're gonna understand. Like in my mind, when Venom came out, this is exactly what I expected. Like I was like, cool, I was not let down at all. I expected a lot of rage. I expected cars to get thrown. I expected, uh, you know, the deep Eddie Brock. You know, like Venom talking to him. You know, that's what I expected, and I feel like exactly like Marvel's already set this this tone where it's like, no, no, no. This is how it's gonna be. Yeah. You know? But it, but again, I mean, it's, it works, it's a obviously. giant successful yeah. uh, method that's working yeah, for exactly. them. It's working, so yeah. again, you know, if each of us had a billion dollar operation, we probably wouldn't go outside the norms too much, right? Yeah. So this one is going outside the norms, and and maybe there are some people that were there. okay, fine, right? I, I I can argue that the people that may be the most let down in my movie may actually be those that are the hardest core because they're bringing so much knowledge yeah. that they're not going to be able to just flush that knowledge and just go, no, this is this little two-hour ride and I'm just taking snippets yeah. of stuff from the 25-year from the existence of this character. I'm just taking like 
a piece here and a piece here and I'm putting it into this Molotov cocktail and what I'm what I'm what I'm hoping for is that that people like Spawn because he's cool he's badass and at the end of the movie do you think he's cool and badass I I the question isn't did he act the exact same as in the comic books did he look the same as in the comic books or any of that the question is Spawn is badass was he badass yeah and if it is then again why should it matter how I got to badass, right? Again, going back to the, you know, me and Spider-Man and them wagging their, who cares how I got the sales up, you know, as long as we sort of did the commerce. So if people are enjoying, if they're enjoying the two hours, and that's really the only thing that matters, did you enjoy the two hours? If the answer is yes, then it doesn't really matter how or why or whether it was faithful to the comics or not. You enjoyed two hours of watching a movie, which is what this was, a two-hour movie. Yeah. Boom. Okay, I did my job. By entertaining you for two hours, and I've done my job. That's the entertainment business right there. Yeah, very true. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Do I think, and again, the question is like, well, have you ever directed a full-length feature movie? Nope. Are you afraid to do it? Nope. Are you inhibited by it? Nope. But, uh, you know, the, the, the question should be, should you be? Probably. But I just I, I I'm just an entrepreneur. I think everything's gonna work, right? Yeah. So, and I'm smart enough, especially now as I'm getting older, I'm smart enough to go and get smart people around me. So starting with, you know, Jason, you know, Academy Award nominee and Jeremy Academy Award nominee and Jamie Fox Academy Award winner and and uh, Greg Nicotero mul multiple uh, uh, Emmy Award winner. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 circling myself yeah. with skill, and I'm going to continue to do that with the editors and with directors of photography and the prop people and everybody else, so that I'll look good. Look, there was a movie that just came out. Same. It actually came out the same weekend as Venom called um, Stars Born. I don't know if you've seen Stars Born or not, but Stars Born came out. Bradley Cooper's directorial debut. Have you seen it? I no, haven't seen I, it yet. I okay. Really if you haven't seen it, then have you seen the trailer? Yes. Look at the trailer. You can see it in the trailer. It looks magnificent. That's a first time director. Oh, wow. Bradley Cooper. Bradley <laughs> oh, Cooper. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's yeah. an actor. What Bradley Cooper yeah, knows? That is correct. Here's what yeah. Bradley Cooper knows. He knows enough to get smart people around him. And he went and hired a bunch of smart people around him. And he got a director of photography, cinematographer, whatever you want to call it. It was on my list because when I saw that trailer, I went, "Oh my God, who do you get?" And I went, "Oh, of course you got that guy." <laughs> you know, so it was like, "Oh my God, that guy's good, right?" So he just he, you just know what your weaknesses are, and you fill them with people who can play that position, and they make you look like a pro. Yeah. Right. What are you talking about? Phil Jackson, in the in the six championships that the Bulls won, made zero buckets, didn't shoot one shot, and he's got six rings for it. Because he got smart enough to make sure that he had the right players around him yeah. to go, guys. And he got six rings, too. Didn't have to work up a sweat. He just yeah. was smart enough to make sure he got some, some skill around him, right? Yeah. That's all business is. Just surround yourself with skilled people. And then when it works, right, they give you way too much credit, right? They just, like, when something works here, I, look, I've got a whole team here that helps me, yeah. right? But, you know, a movie works, and they go... Oh my God, Spielberg! That's awesome. When's it coming? And they just forget about all those people at the end, 
and when it's not, not good, they're like, oh, Spielberg, that sucks. When you, I don't understand why you did it. And it's like, so the person at the top always gets way more credit or, yeah. or panning than they're due. It's actually a collaborative effort yeah. right? that takes dozens and dozens of people. So. The other day I was in a car and I was listening to the radio. There was this song that I've never heard before. And it was, it was kind of like a ballad. It was soft and nice. And I was like, this is a good song. I looked down over at the screen it was Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Right, from right. Yeah, and I was like, Bradley Cooper? That's no, he shit. sang his own song, yeah, too. Yeah, that shit sounded amazing. I was like, I didn't even know you could sing. Right. <laughs> Look at Bradley Cooper now, you know, is, is actor, now he's director, now he's a singer. Huge. Mm, to, right to me, it's like it's like a comic book. He's now a writer, penciler, inker. He's like a triple yeah. threat now. Yeah. He's, he's figured it out. It's cool. It's cool. So. Right, figured out the equation, man. Yeah. No, you saw people like uh, Spike Lee did the same thing early in his career. He was writing, directing, yeah. producing, and acting. Yeah. Doing all four. Now, but again, those are those are rare animals in, out in the wild, right? But he kind of so, had to, too. You know what I mean? Like that early yeah. Spike Lee film. It's like right. he knew that if he... Because you were talking about you got to move quickly. If he couldn't wait around, because nobody was going to give him what he needed, so he had to kind of take on all these roles himself. Yeah. And it turns out he had a lot of integrity with everything he did. Yeah. Well, and he had something to say, yeah. right? And, yeah, and, 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 he, and they kept it at a price. You know, here's the thing: if you spend five, then you only got to make six yeah. to get back. If you spend five million, then you got to make five million plus, right? So, if if you keep everything on a tight budget, then then you don't have to have nearly as much success. Uh, which is, I'm hoping, is the sort of the game plan on the spawn. That if you keep this sort of, sort of this horror budget motif, and then you can get anything above that in terms of uh, ticket sales, and they start blurring into, you know, these sort of people who like superhero comic book stuff because they hear it's a comic book movie, and you get a little bit of that bleed over. Okay, then you're then you've already gone to a successful formula, anyways. That is just going to potentially expand even greater, right? Yeah. So, but do we have like a projected release date no. for Spawn? No, that'd be the next big piece of news. Yeah. Okay. So we haven't finished casting because we want to wait till we have the studio. Once the studio comes, then then we'll we'll finish the casting real quickly and and then probably be in production about three months after that we've done a bunch of pre-production stuff already with storyboards and costume designs and and, and uh, lighting and some animatics and stuff um, so so that that for the for the layman the the next piece that will be of any real consequence to them will be not even who the studio is then I'm gonna care who the studio is who cares what again if I say to the average person Universal Paramount you know Sony they're like they don't, they don't necessarily care. They just go, when can I go see it? Yeah. Right? So, but once we do make our deal with one of the studios, then, then as part of the deal, we will quickly pick a date. And then everything will work backwards from that date. Because each one of them has their own slate of movies, so they have to see where they have the slots. Okay. Um, and so if we made a deal with Sony, then they go, hey, we got these three slots. If we go with Paramount, they go, we got these three slots, but they might not be the same time. And one of them may make more sense for Spawn than another one, right? And, it's, and then you'll you'll be able to look to see what the competition is before and after. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but that but that'd be it. And then and then arguably the next interesting thing will be the official announcement of me on social media going, "Hey, I'm going to make the movies," and I start showing people behind the scenes stuff. So that'd be sort of just fun as part of the process. 
but really the next big one would be that first teaser that comes out on YouTube, right? Oh, that's yeah. that's then you go, oh my God, I saw it move, right? <laughs> yeah, that's I saw, it. I saw it move, and I and I and I and to me, I go, we can get a we can get a teaser out because fast, because I remember that first teaser for uh, Venom was was Tom Hardy was in a car driving into the tunnel it looked like and he had his girlfriend on the speakerphone and she's like going you're not being very nice and he's like well it's a rough day you're changing and he's like well it's been a tough day I don't know if I want to date you anymore I'm being I'm, I'm simplifying it and then he goes Duh! and he grabs the steering wheel <laughs> and it was out Venom and I go Whoa, 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 back that up. What do you think what happened? What did I just watch? Yeah. He's got his girlfriend on speakerphone and then he he strangles the steering wheel? Yeah. Wow, we can do that trailer. Like, <laughs> if that's a teaser, yeah. I go up and I go, Jeremy, Jeremy, on the count of three, I need you to grab that lamp and strangle that lamp. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, good, yeah. good, we got our teaser out. <laughs> get it on iPhone? Yeah, we're gone, we're gone. This is going to be easy. We're going to get this on day one. So. <laughs> Shot. <laughs> Meanwhile, man, people man. like Eddie are living by that thing for the next on. six months. Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't. Just like, I can't wait for the movie. Oh, yeah. you and me. I know. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I've been directing it in my head for 10 years. I am I am sick of it. I got to get it out of my head. I just. I'm, I'm not even your seat, and I'm like, I'm invested in this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the other thing I told them too the next time I go into Hollywood where we sort of make the rounds I go I need, I need to go in and and frame frame the movie I'm making because I, I think they're reading it with a superhero hat on mm -hmm. and if you read it with a superhero hat on it doesn't make as much sense as if you read it with sort of a boogeyman hat on yeah. and so I want to go in there and talk to them and go over a few scenes and show them animatics play music do stuff and then show them like I'm gonna I'm, I, we, we build the maquettes for for the costume and stuff and I'm, I'm gonna shoot it a couple different ways with different light and show a little bit of transforming and and then show it to them and turn off all the lights in their damn office when I show it to them and just go because I go I want you to see it dark because this is dark and just get them to go Whoa! So, okay. Whoa! Whoa! That's way different than I thought. Good. Yeah. Okay. So now that you know what it is, now when you read the script, at least you're seeing that. Yeah. That way, if the answer is no, at least to me, it's a visual and word document educated no. Yeah. Right. Where if you just read the script on its own with no visual props, I, I it's I don't think they're see, they're not, obviously they're not seeing what I'm seeing in my head. Yeah. Right. There's there's a lot of this movie that's just going to be in the acting and the lighting and the sound and the music yeah. that just like, that's not on the paper yeah you know that's just like no 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 I'll, I'll get this I'll get this point across desperation I'll get desperation across without having to say I'm desperate if you if you film it right so yeah. but anyways we'll, we'll see I'm just stubborn enough to and Jason goes Todd don't want Jason's way more more uh, used to that world uh, Jason Blum He's like, don't worry about it. We'll do it. Don't worry about it. We're like, we're gonna do this, Todd. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about. It. I'm like, dude, you got twelve other projects going. Okay. <laughs> so you, you, you're busy. I, I go. I don't get it. Let's go. So I mean, I, 
I, you know, working on some TV projects too, so I got some other things that we're trying to push uphill. So eventually, something, something will happen, and then here's what's gonna happen, because that's a funny little town. If one of them works, poof, you, you just become smart. All of a sudden, <laughs> you become a genius. Yeah. And they're like, Todd, what else you got? Oh my God! Oh, you want to do a story about cupcakes? We love it. We love it, right? Before, yeah, right? Your worst idea now becomes valuable, yeah, right, right? right? And so you just go, oh, come on. So the, everybody wants you after you've proven, yeah. right? But this is sort of, it's not even that city, it's human nature, yeah. which is why we adhere to status quo so much, right? So we adhere to status quo because nobody wants to fail. Because if you fail, then it might be your job. So everybody's like, don't, don't do anything outside the lines, right? Yeah. So it's way easier to... To, to just stay in the safe groove than to do something. Then the odd time you get crazy people who just bang against and go, no, I'm going to do it anyways. They succeed. It doesn't matter what the occupation is. They succeed, and then everybody then wants to replicate it. Yeah. Right? Everybody, they're good at coming in second and yeah. going, shit, now we'll do it. And now, now we're going to do it. We got a billion dollars to do it. You only had a million. We got a billion. Yeah. We're going to crush you with it. Right? So, but that's okay. That's just. That's just the human nature, the imperfect part of, of the process. So you just nudge them. And go, I'm taking, I'm taking this back. Take it to somebody else and do it faster. And then they're like, what? I'm sure I'll get an email. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on, Todd. And then you just go, then, then do it. Then move. Then move. Then move, right? Yeah. You've, been, you've been standing there for too long. So. No one wants to be the spearhead. Yeah. They all just want to. Yeah. Does it work? All right, let's go. Yeah. yeah. That's what they wanted. The yes or no. And they're like, will it work? No? Okay, cool. Nobody wants to like, well, the only one way to know, you got to figure out, got to try. You I, look, I had a true story. I had a, a friend that was pretty high up at Paramount. And I used to come in there and pitch him stuff. And then he phoned me. And he then said, come on, Tom, how come you haven't been in for a couple of years pitching me anything? And I go, I'm not going to pitch you anything because you never, you never make anything. <laughs> and then he had to finally admit, he goes, yeah, you're right. And he'd been there like four years. I hadn't made one, one movie. I hadn't greenlit one movie. Not just me, anybody. Yeah. And I go, you haven't made anything. He goes, yeah, that's right. I go, I'll come. And he goes, he goes, the truth? I go, yeah. He goes, because if I don't make nothing, I never have a failure. <laughs> he goes, but if I make something, we spend a lot of money and it doesn't work. He goes, I could lose my job. Oh, and he goes, I kind of like my job. I like to pay. So it's easier for me to do nothing. I'll buy a lot of stuff. I'll develop a lot of stuff. I'll acquire a lot of stuff. Yeah. But I won't make anything. Because that could end this gig. Yeah. That could end this gig. Instead of, to me, being fearless and going, oh my God, I want to make something because I think it's going to be huge. And then they'll promote me to president. Right? I mean... I, so either the glass is half full or half empty. So obviously yeah. he was a bit of a half empty guy. So I go, okay. So it's just there's there's safe spaces that people are in, which is why I had to start my own companies. Because I go, look, I don't expect you to conform your corporation to my thought process. So I will just go and create my own. Yeah. Right? No, no harm, no foul. Don't you do you. That's cool. Right. You know, and I'm gonna do what I want. What I want to do. Right. Right. And never the twain shall meet at times. And we just go. And the, and the thing is, and and it's. And, and it's going back to spending your own money because here's the thing that I know when I have a bad day or something shitty goes down and I go I, get, I, I, I even think about getting frustrated I have to just ask the same question 
who started all this shit? <laughs> and then I go, oh, Todd, that was you. <laughs> Shoot, are you sure? Yeah. You're, no, that was you. And I'm like, and then I go, I kind of like you, Todd. You're kind of cute. And then I can't get too mad at me. And then I just go, okay. And then I just get over it. And I just, so, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the luxury of passing the buck because it stops at me. So if there's, if there's anything in my life that I don't like right now, then it's, I got complete charge of it. Then just shut it down. Don't do it. Don't, I mean, it's yours, Todd. Yeah. It's, your, it's your, so, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's good and it's liberating. Now, it doesn't mean that the days are perfect because we deal with the licenses, right? Yeah. I mean, that's Activision sitting in that room next door, right? So if you end up doing something and Activision doesn't take kindly to it or any other of our 20 licenses and you do something that disappoints them, they'll let you know and then all of a sudden you've got things and going on and blah 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 and sometimes you negotiate with people and then every now and then somebody just drops a lawsuit on front of you or stuff I mean just real stuff yeah and you just go okay it's but it's just it's just a system that I created for myself and I could end it all if I if I if I if I can't put up with it or it's too exhausting then there's a way to fix it but this is the smoke. This is back to Smokey Bear, yeah. right? I hate my boss. Quit your job. I got the answer to everything. Yeah. I hate my boss. Quit your job. I hate the weather. Move. Yeah. Right. I don't. Fine, my my, my dad. My dad. Every time I visit him with the kids, he's always mean mean to the kid. Don't fucking visit your dad. Like this is this is easy <laughs> stuff. This is easy stuff. My my grandfather uh, before he passed away, growing up. Uh, that's exactly what he'd always tell me. He's like, everybody thinks the world is so hard. He's like, it's actually really easy. He's like, if you want a nice car work, you save up money, you get your nice car. You want nice clothes, you work, you know, save your money, you get your nice clothes. You want a better job, you better yourself to get that position or what you want. It's very simple. Like, like people just don't want to do the work part about it. They just want to give it to them. You know, it's like, you don't like the neighborhood you live in? Move to a, a different neighborhood. You don't like the city you live in? Move to another city. Like, you know, it's like you were saying. If you simplify it with your grandfather was saying, I simple? agree. If you simplify it, I I of the belief that you should have one goal at all times, right? And and everything below one is white noise. You can't have you can't have more than one. Yeah. I'm not saying over life you can't change it. I'm just saying you can only have one. The moment you start adding a two or three, you start getting screwed. You have one. So so to, if your thing is you want to have a nice car, you go get the work. So at that point, it doesn't matter what the work is. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what your neighbors think of your job. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. It doesn't even matter what, how you get dressed. The goal is to get the car. Yep. And everything else is noise. Yep. Right? It's called a means to an end when I grew up. Everything is just money towards the goal. And you get there and you go, got my car. Who cares about the rest of it? But what ends up happening, I've done it before, and I've had it here in my 20 years of employing young people. They sit where you guys are sitting. And they go, Mr. McFarland, you know, I'd like to buy a house, and I know it's tough, and you've had some success, and, and you know, I just, you know, I don't know if you have any words you can help. And I'm, I go, well, you looking at housing? Yeah, I go, so what's your down payment? Well, we need we need $13,000. 13? Shit, we'll fix this today. Let's go. Downstairs, I walk them downstairs. I walk them outside. I go, which car is yours? I go, sell it. What? <laughs> What? Well, how am I going to get to work? Well, I, I didn't know we were talking about how you got to work. I thought the discussion was how you're going to get a house and a down payment. Sell your car. 
yeah, but then I won't be able to get, oh, fuck. See, I thought it was a period. I thought you asked me a question with a period. How do I get my down payment? Question mark, period. Yeah. Ah, it's a, oh, there's a comma. Yeah. How do I get my house, comma, and keep my car? Okay, well, then don't go on vacation and don't go out eating. Do you have a stereo system? Yeah, but how, oh, another comma. So how do I keep, how do I keep, oh, I, and eventually you go, oh, I see. I see, you want to do nothing towards the goal. You want to do nothing towards the goal other than you just want it. Well, you get in line with about 8 billion other people that would like to have something for nothing, right? Yeah. That's an easy that's an easy request. Yeah. So I thought you wanted a house. I can get you a house tomorrow. Get rid of this car and take the bus. Take the bus. Done. Yeah. So you're going to have to decide, well, I can't. If the, if the weather's too hot or too cold, then move to a place where it's not. Yeah, but I won't know anybody. Well, you didn't say that. You said you hated the weather. You didn't say, I, 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 I got to get out of here. The weather sucks. Now it's like, oh, oh. So you want to go to a nice place with nice weather where there's a job because you're going, I won't have a job, and where you've got friends. Oh, you want utopia someplace else, right? Wow. Wow. Right? You better buy a lottery ticket too because lots of people want this one, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's just pick one of those. Pick one of those. So if... If you need the money so you can pay the mortgage so that you can send your kid to school and your boss is a douchebag, you're going to have to let go of that piece. Yeah. Because, because what's, if, you, if your priority is that I've, I've got to feed my family, then, then, then you've you got to put up with that part. Of yeah. it. And, if you, and if you go, no, 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 I don't have kids, I do, then, then quit the job and go find another job. Like, what are you talking about? What are you, like, just set the priority and let everything else not be a part of the factor. Just push it, push it, push it, push it, push it. We clog it with four or five. We clog it with four or five, and we just complicate our own lives. Just like I, 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 I don't know. I, oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but we're not all wired the same. Yeah. So you know. So some of us are. It's still immature to this day. Like myself. <laughs> so I just like like as soon as you say no. Oh, that's a challenge. <laughs> no, but that comes from you know I was I was a sports guy too. I was the athlete, right? Yeah. And I was I was just competitive. And I just yeah, that's all. That's all I get. Like as soon as like how you were saying, like oh you can't do this, but like oh I can't. Watch me. Yeah. Like in my mind, I'm immediately going to watch me. Watch me do it. What you meant to say was you shouldn't do yeah. it. That's different. Yeah. Than I can't. Oh no, because they don't do. want the competition. Yeah, because I can do it. <laughs> what are you talking about? You think there's one day. That, that, that Hasbro or Mattel enjoys that I've got footage at Walmart? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's their space. Yeah. And some punk named Todd and his little punk company <laughs> is taking space that should be rightfully there because they've got a billion dollars and they got all the resources to get it. And they have to stare at it. So the question isn't, am I ever going to put a dent in the giants? That's not the question again. Yeah. The question is, like, of course, I'm not going to slay that giant. I'm not even trying to slay it. Yeah. The question is, why can't they kill me? Yeah. And it's still the same answer. Because I move too fast and they move too slow. Yeah. By the time they try to squish me, I've moved already. I've moved, I can't, they, can't, they can't move their machine fast enough to, 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 to turn the turret fast enough on their tank to shoot me. Because I'm too fast. Yeah. Right? So... So there's 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 their kryptonite, yeah. which why which is why you will always see change happening in the world, because small p- 
people with a couple ideas and, 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 and you need a few dollars at a time, that, that they're just way more nimble. And they just do it. Yeah. And they just, and no is not an option until it actually is the option. So, but you never, you never think about it in those terms, right? Yeah. Said, Entrepreneurs are fearless. I've, I've described it before where <coughs> employees, you say jump off a cliff, employees tippy-toe to the cliff edge. They look down. They go, oh my God, oh my God, that's far. How far is that? It's about 300 feet. 300 feet? And is that a big, like, uh, giant pillow down there? Yeah, how big is that pillow? Oh, it's about 200 feet. 200 feet? Well, what if I miss it? Oh, no, no, it's 200 feet. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but the wind, how if I go, dude, don't worry about it. You can. And they're worried about it. Entrepreneur, they go, hey, we need you to jump off a cliff. First thing I do, and entrepreneurs, we back up. <laughs> Why? Because we want to get a running start, right? Why? Because when we jump, it's going to be spectacular. And it's going to be a big jump. And we're going to be, yahoo! And a halfway down, you know what goes through our brain? Oh, my God, I wonder if there's anything to catch us. <laughs> <laughs> Failure is the last thing you think about. And then you go, oh, shit, oh, God, thank you. There's something down that's going to catch me. Right? Like, you don't think, you just assume you everything's going to work out. Why do anything if you think it's not going to work out? So there has to be a little bit of delusion that's sort of in into the equation, right? Yeah. But but here's look at uh, you, for business. Well, I got a tip for business. Anybody wants to start any business, whatever it is that you want to do. Here I'll give you my number one pointer: go find a like-minded business and and hang out at that business and see how that business works. Not in terms of the machinery or the number of people although all of that's valuable just in terms of the number of units they're selling right because I have seen it in my life with my friends with too many people start a business and they have the capital and they have the idea and they've got the 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 where for all and they've got the spreadsheet and the spreadsheet always works and the spreadsheet says, hey, if I, we go this and our rent and our overhead and we do this and I'm opening up a, a cupcake uh, a company and if I sell uh, 500 cupcakes a month, we're golden. Here's the question. Do you know of any company that sells 500 cupcakes a month? <laughs> so here's what I would do if it was me. Before you start that company, you can do all the planning. But before you actually spend real money and start that and build it, go to the to the company that is your peer, that's going to be your direct competitor, somewhere in this country, and sit there with a clicker for about a month and click to see how many they sell in a month. Because if the best one in the city is only selling 200, that means you're setting yourself up as an unknown company that you have to sell two and a half times what the best company is selling. It's going to fail. I think this is the reason why they fail, that it works on a spreadsheet, but they never, ever calculated whether they could get that many people. I saw the people down here in, in, this own, in my own building across the street, same thing. And they're like, we're going to have to get a thousand subscriptions, a thousand subscriptions. How many, what's the most you've ever seen? I went to one and I asked them, and it was like, this is the most they ever got in a month was 250. You had to do 400 percent of that number to, to, to get to break even. Oh my God, it was, you were set up for failure before you started. And within six months, they were gone. They were gone. Like, wow. So, I don't know, unless you, you got something so unique, then that's a tough one too. Then just 
go and find a like-minded thing and make sure that like your spreadsheet actually works because yeah. otherwise it's going to be a short 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 life on that on that company <laughs> so. oh. now i'm questioning whether i want to start with <laughs> <laughs> well just find don't know just find your peer no. find your peer yeah and, and and match up and go okay can i do it or can i do it what's the economics of that no. start there Right. That's definitely what I gotta look into is definitely the numbers, but I got I got the art part. I just need I need the numbers and the business part, so slowly working on that part. Right. So you got yeah. two you got two choices. You got two choices that second part. You can either learn it yourself, which is what I did. I was just stubborn, I was gonna learn the language, or you find somebody who knows that. And let me give you one more piece of advice. If you find somebody who knows that, then you make damn sure there's a system in which they have to explain it to you every day. Because I've seen that other one where it's like, well, I hired that person, and then they either embezzled, they really didn't know they were doing, or they weren't giving you satisfactory reports. So by the time they come to you and say, oh, it's not working, the house is on fire, and there's nothing you can do about it. So just because they say they can do it, shoot, it's still you. you got to make sure that they justify that they're doing what it is that they said that they can do. right? There's got to be something that you can look at and go show it to me. Show it to me then that we're making money. Show it to me that you can do it. Show it to me. I'm not going to trust you that you'll just handle this while I'm doing the creative. I've seen that disaster way, 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 way too many times. So I feel like that happens way too often. Right. Like more than it should. Yeah. Right. You hear embezzlement and you're like, what just happened? Or, or you just hired a knothead. Yeah. It's like, that's okay. You just hired a knothead. But you took too long to know that they were a knothead. So there should be some practical stuff of going, hey, what's, wh where's my inventory? How do we know? How do we know wh how, why we're going to do good? And I want to see the report once a week, right? Because if you let it go for a month or six months or quarterly, by the time they come in and they go, oh, my God, you got a big problem. You can't, sometimes you can't dig out of it then. Yeah. So anyways, uh, sadly, uh, you know, your business is like having a kid. You got you to gotta be on top of it all the time. You can't, it can't be... You can't hire the nannies all the time. You can't be there all the time. You're gonna have you to be part-time parent. You gotta be full-time. Yeah. <laughs> so can you talk about like the problems that Marvel was having that caused you and the other artists to leave? Is that I can I, I, I can only I can talk about my problems. Okay. So so what I what I know is that the other six left for their own personal reasons that were not necessarily their own reasons. Mine go back to what I was talking about earlier, which was that you 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 hired me. I thought for one job description to to make commerce for you. You're in the commerce business. You sell books, and you, every book you sell, you make money. So you're you're you're, and they were public at that point. So this is it. You're in the money making business. So we need to draw books that will appeal to people that will make money. When you handed me. Spider-Man, and at that point I'd done the Hulk and my career was going, that when you handed me Spider-Man, you came into the office and you said, hey, Spider-Man's you know, not even in the top 20. I think it was like 21 or 22. It's not even the top 20. Is there anything you guys can do? And so myself and the writer, we went, yeah, we'll, we'll give it our best kick. And so we just went and did our thing. And for me, my thing was, sitting in a room for 10-12 hours a day, which is a lonely occupation. I don't think people understand 
that it's a lonely occupation to sit in a room by yourself and create. And so I'm at a table and I have to entertain myself, selfishly, just for my own sanity. If I'm not drawing something that I'm not enjoying to some degree, then it becomes really labor. And so I go, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Spider-Man did this? And wouldn't it be cool if Spider-Man looked like this? And wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? This would be fun to draw. And so I was just entertaining myself, getting the books out. I was fortunate enough, just like a lot of the toys, where I go, why can't they make them better? I was just like, hey, why can't this look like this? That Spider-Man, I didn't think, had been updated visually for 20 years because everybody was adhering to a look that they should have. John Romita Sr., who was, to me, the Norman Rockwell of Spider-Man. He was, he, he was so good. I, to me, I go, I'd be a fool to even try to draw like him because the best you can do is be a good knockoff version of Norman Rockwell, in this case, John Romita Sr. So I go, I'm not going to do it. So why don't I then take this look that, since everybody was adhering to it so closely, was about 20 years outdated, I go, I'm going to bring it into the, you know, it was about 88, 89, so the 90s. I'm going to bring it up to the 90s level. And because nobody had been bringing it up to the 90s level, this is going back to the camera, right? <laughs> Everybody else could have been doing it, but they were so loyal to staying with the status quo that, that when I went one in there, I was updating 20 years. So what should have been happening is that somebody should have been updating it every three years. And then what I did wouldn't have been so... so Drastic. Yeah. Instead, it was like, oh, my God, look what Todd's doing. Now, it was either, oh, my God, that's cool, or, oh, my God, I don't like it. Those are the only two choices you had, right? So, uh, luckily, the fans were ready for the change at that point, and they went, oh, God, it's kind of cool. It's kind of hipster. It's looking a little bit new. And then Mary Jane was a model, so I started dressing her like a model and, you know, giving her hairstyle and fashions and things like that and acting like a model and stuff. Uh, and, and, and this 20-year upgrade then became a thing, uh, but it also caught the attention of the system that I was messing with the icon. And so that's where, like I said, every time I'd come in, they'd bring me into the office and they'd go, hey, Todd, you got to stop doing this, and could you tone this down? And, you know, the, and as the sales were going up, I mean, the sales were going up. By this time, the first time they start wagging their finger at us were probably in the top 10 at that point. We weren't even in the top 20, we're in the top 10 now. And then we start moving, we start moving, and then, you know, now we're in the top five and they're wagging their finger, and now we're, you know, I think X-Men was beating us. So we're like number two. They're still wagging the finger. And, uh, and then, and then um, they finally conceded. Eventually they finally conceded. Because um, one time I was in the room and there was this guy I'd never seen before in the room with the editor-in-chief. And he just sat there, this whole conversation of, you got to stop, 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 stop. And I kept looking at him. He never said a word. And he had this big, fat book. And then I, I gave, you know, that's when I gave him the speech of, you don't have to like me. You don't have to like my style. You don't have to like my attitude. You don't have to like nothing. All you have to like is that I sell more books than anybody else you employ. That's my job. And when I gave that speech, all of a sudden, it's like Tom, which was the editor-in-chief, Tom, like, like, why, why are you getting emotional about this, right? I mean, I'm just selling comic books. Why are we having this discussion? And, um, and, and then this guy who just sat there the whole time opens up this big, fat book. It was, it was about six inches tall. And he flips open this big, giant, and I, I found out later it was a ledger book. And he goes, complam! And then the editor-in-chief walked over to this 
silent guy's shoulder and the silent guy points down which I figured out later was a number and he went and he looked up at the editor chief and he nodded his head <laughs> which is basically it's making cash it's, yep. make, it's making cash like whatever the kid said it's making cash I mean he didn't say it, it was just I saw it all in a head nod yeah. a point and a head nod and and it was like uh, so eventually then they came grips with it and then and then I eventually went, ah, I'm going to get out of here. I don't. I, I want to write my own books. I wasn't writing at that point. I was only drawing. And then they go, hey, Todd, we don't want you quitting Spider-Man. So we'll let you write it. And I go, no. No, 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 no. Because I had my, my friend was writing it. I go, there's no way I'm pushing my friend off this book. I'll quit. No, no, no. I go, I'll just go to another book. There's no way I'm doing that power play. And then they, they said, well, what if we create a new Spider-Man book? because they had three at that point. They had Amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man, and uh, Spectacular Spider-Man. We've, we've been thinking about creating a fourth book so there will be a Spider-Man book every week. So every week, if you like Spider-Man, you'll, you'll get a comic book. Uh, so you're going to create a new Spider-Man book and let me write it. Yeah. All right. I thought it was a fool's game because it's like, I, I go, you know I've never written anything, so I'm a novice writer. You know, let me go down to one of the smaller characters but I knew somebody would give me a chance to write because I was bringing now this award-winning art with me, right? I was winning a lot of awards at this point. So I, I could use that as my leverage. So they gave me the Spider-Man book. We went, set records for sales on it. But then again, you know, and at that point now, it was the number one selling book. And then again, it was like, again, it's too dark. You know, why are you doing this? What are you doing, pedophile stories? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you doing? And then I think... On the 14th, 15th, 17th issue, I forget which one it was. It was this crossover with X Factor. It was this one that's a sideways book. And uh, he was fighting with X Factor, which are these mutants. The crossover book. He was fighting Juggernaut, which is this villain who was basically unstoppable, hence the name. And so since I was writing the book, I go, How do we stop him? And I go, He's got isolates. He's got to look through the ice slips. So I go, this is easy. So I go, oh, one of the mutants is just going to come in there and go, and just put the sword in the eye. And then that will distract them. And they're on them and they're up. And then they came. And it was, it wasn't, it wasn't that moment. It was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. Because we'd been having these, these, what were for me, irritating conversations going on for years now as somebody was at the top, I thought, of their selling category. And and they said, oh, we need you to redraw this. I had like five editors on, on the phone. I go, we need you to redraw that. You can't you can't do it. And I go, I can't do what? And they go, you can't you can't poke somebody with a knife and the in the sword. And I go, Well why why can't I do that? Well we have the comics code. I don't know if you guys know the comic books. They have the little comic code in Marvel DC have this little stamp it says the official comics code which means it's safe right? and so they said we don't think it would pass the comics code and I go and, and I've been having these conversations off and on about well could somebody give me a copy of the comics code and well there is no copy because it's sort of a living document so it doesn't really exist so you just go oh okay and so they just go I go well then go ask the editor in chief if it's okay and they go no 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 because he might get mad and it's like so we don't know whether this is okay or not it's like well yeah but if we take it up to him and he does it then we'll get we'll get in trouble so just just change it and then I go well why, well I don't understand why I can't put the sword in the eye because Frank Miller had just done this cover 
in which he took Electra, which was one of the, I think Daredevil's girlfriend, and the bad guy was stabbing her in the stomach on this cover. It's one of the famous covers. And he's stabbing her in the stomach, and the sword is going in her body and yeah. out her back. Yeah. And then they're going, well, yeah, but you, can, but, but you can't show rear, rear, rear wound exits. And I go, what? Yeah, you can't show you can't show any wound from from the rear. You can't you can't show like front and back. You can't show an exit. So you can so you can stab it, but you can't it can't come out. And I go, what do you mean it came out? They go, yeah yeah no 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 no. If you look at it, Todd, the the costume was never torn. So the sword, you, if you remember the yeah, image, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 costume was never torn. It was it was just it made a teepee. Yeah. But it was the sword, and then if you follow it, if I'm six years old and I follow <laughs> it, I go, it came out. What are you talking about? Of course it's the sword. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as long as you, so I go, so, so I can, so I can stab somebody as long as they don't break their uniform. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't. It didn't come out the back of his head. No, 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 no. You can't stab him in the eyes though. So it doesn't matter whether there's a rear, rear, rear wound exit. You can't stab him in the eye. Can't stab him in the eye. Why? Well, because we've all had like dust or somebody poked us in the eye or something like that. And we know how bad that is and we you can't do it. I, so I can't I can't stab somebody in the eye? No. So can, so can I stab him in the belly? Uh, as long as there's no rear, rear wound exit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about in the, in, in, in the groin? Uh-huh. Knee? Yeah. Shin? Yeah. Armpit? Yeah. Cheek? Yeah. In the teeth? No, you know, teeth, everybody's been to the doctors, so we know what a root canal is like, so wow. cavities. So no, 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 no tooth. So no no teeth. So I can stab them anywhere on the body but the teeth and the eye because we don't want to upset the children. Yeah. This is absurd, and I'm tired of having these absurd conversations with you. So here's what we're going to do. I'm about a week from having my first child. I don't know how much time that's going to take to be a dad. I'm, 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 I'm gone. I'm out of here. I can't take this. I'm going to go be a father for a while. I sent you my page. You guys do what you got to do with it. Right? You need to fix it? Fix it. I'm not fixing it. I'm done. I'm done. I, we are done. I got two more pages of this issue. I'm done. I'm out of here. You guys have wore me out. You wore me. That's your top employee who would have around for years if you had just taken a little bit of the foot off the gas just I I, I, they, they, I just couldn't do it so I left I, I left and and I for years I still have the page I actually have the page hmm. of the sword in the eye the book is printed with the with the sword before the eye yeah. and it's a big goofy eyeball and it's all silly to me but and then they added some blood splatter thing or whatever but it's like I actually have the unfixed version that used to sit there, just so I just go there. There, there's my life. There was the day I said I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out right there. So it was the one, it was the one that I just went. We're gone. And then, and then, Image Comic Books was supposed to start with myself. I'd always been having a conversation with a gentleman by the name of Rob Liefeld. He's the one that created Cable and Deadpool, and uh, Eric Larson, who did. Uh, uh, who followed me on Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and then came out with the book of him that's called Dragon. And the three of us were going to start do our own thing because Robin had been saying he was going to do his own book. And then, and then Eric was talking about doing his own book. 
And I go, I'm thinking about doing one on both, but I, but I go, why don't we, why don't we team up? No, everybody always goes off in splinters, and they, and the reason they win is because they divide and conquer. So why don't we start basically building the army here? So shit, that's three of us. Let's start. Nobody's ever done three. And then Rob says, Hey, I got a buddy named Jim Valentino. He, he can, is it okay for him to jump on board? The more the merrier. And Jim, at that point, was doing Guardians of the Galaxy. That was, you know, years later now. Woohoo! Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so, so now we got four. So we go to New York, fly to New York, I, and we'll go, we're going to go talk to Marvel and tell them we're quitting. We're going we're gonna to start a new company. And, and this is where every business needs these moments in life called dumb luck. Um, I'm, I'm at some gathering and Jim Lee, who at that point is the golden child, he's, he is the renowned best artist in comic books at this point. Yeah. And he goes, what are you in town for? And I said, I give him my sales pitch. And he goes, you, you're gonna quit? Yeah, and I go, hey Jim, we're going up to the, to the editor's tomorrow to tell him, shoot dude, it'd be cool if you came with us. If you wanna come, you're welcome. Inv the invite's there. He's like, let me think about it because he was Jim was a little bit cautious maybe five hours later he goes Todd I'm in wow. went, whoa whoa because <laughs> at this point Todd was a rebel and and Rob Life we were the rebels we were the, we were the we were the nasty boys so it's like I if, if we left they go of course they left because they're the nasty boys to me I've always said Jim Lee joining was really the moment because Jim Lee was like he was like the corporate kid. Yeah. He was a corporate employee. That it's like to me, if Jim Lee could leave, anybody could leave. Because yeah. he was, he was the model employee. And Jim and done. Jim says, "Hey, I got a buddy named Wills. Can Wills Protasio come? Yeah. Wills is awesome." So what was three gets Valentino, gets Jim Lee, gets Wills, and I'm going, "Oh my God, we're gonna have a good day." And, he, and then Jim says, "Can I go up?" To, uh, with you to the meeting. I'll go, Shit, this is going to be good. So I go back to my hotel, and as I'm walking, it's 11 o'clock at night, as I'm walking in the lobby, Mark Silvestri comes walking by. And I go, hey, Mark, what are you doing? Well, I'm staying in the hotel. I think I'm here at a convention or something. I go, oh, you got 20 minutes? He's like, yeah, why? What do you got going? I sat him down, gave him the hallelujah speech, right? Come to Jesus' speech. And I go, except there's only one thing. We got a meeting there at 8 in the morning. We need your answer in the morning. <laughs> he's like, Todd, it's midnight. I got to give you a call. I got to go to bed and we'll give you a yes. Okay. 7.30? I'm in. <laughs> Boom. Seven. Boom. We went there with four. Boom. Seven. It was like, it was like shoot, I should have stayed three more days. Maybe we would have had ten. Who knows? But anyways, and then we went, we went to Marvel. We told them why we were leaving. Uh, it was it was uh, in that meeting was was Terry Stewart, who was the president of Marvel, who's now some I think last time I heard president of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, who to this day vows that we came in asking and demanding stuff of which is a complete another lie. There <laughs> uh, was there's uh, Tom DeFalco, the editor in chief. There was my wife, and she was holding our baby. Uh, so the one that to me has the, the, the clearest and the, the, is the most honest, my wife, you should be asking her. And then there was Rob and there was myself and there was Jim Lee. And, and halfway through it, which was typical Rob at that time, he left. <laughs> I gotta go, I'll go pick up my girlfriend. Uh, okay, this is just, 
the most important meeting of your life right now, but go ahead. You know, see you, Rob. See you, Rob. But that was Rob, so it was like it was like it was like of course. Uh, and so it was it was uh, Jim Jim and I, and uh, and then we left, and they they said a couple things. There was a couple things I think that got under Jim Lee's skin, and we left. And as we were getting in the in the elevator again, there are these moments that are frozen in my mind. That I got my wife, and I got Jim, and I got myself, and and the, the elevator doors are closing, and Tom DeFalco sort of leans in and goes, "Hey, if it doesn't work out, you're always welcome back." That was it. That, and, <laughs> and, I went, and I went, it was just like a Hollywood moment. You went, right. And I went, wow. And I looked at Jim Lee. Jim Lee, just so you guys know, Jim Lee was supposed to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. oh, he, went, wow. he went to undergrad for, for, to be a medical doctor. So, so I go, so Jim Lee is a smart individual. Mm -hmm. I'm, not the, I'm not the stupidest guy, I had a college degree, and oh, by the way, my dad had been in the printing business for 40 years. Like, dude, we're putting ink on paper. It's not a complicated thing. Ink on paper, it's printing, yeah. right? Shit. There, and, and it, it, when it closed, I remember it was closing. I just went, they think we're dumbasses. <laughs> they, I go, wow. They don't know you got a college degree. They don't know I got a college degree. And they don't know my dad's a printer. We can do this in our sleep, right? They just want it to seem magical. Every company wants it to seem magical so that there's not competition. Then we march over to DC comic books because, like I said, if you were at Marvel, you went to DC. We walk over to, to DC. Now, and up to that point, there was no other option. If you came into the competition's office, that means you were looking for work. I had worked at DC and then gone over to Marvel and come back. So they went, oh my God, McFarland's here. Now at this point, and I'm at the top of my game with Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh my God. And then somebody goes, he's got Jim Lee with him. Now Jim Lee had never stepped foot in the DC Comics office. So they went, we just hit the mother love. <laughs> we just got the golden boy, Jim Lee, and Todd, off Spider-Man, oh my God, Grand Slam, here we go. I don't know what they did over at Marvel, but we are gonna reap the benefits. And so uh, they brought, it was this room, there must have been 12, 13 of the editors came into this room and they were all like kids, like going, oh my God, best day ever, best day ever. And we just went, hey, uh, just so you guys know, we just wanted to come across, just to tell you, we're not coming here to tell you we're going to work for you. We're actually coming here to tell you we're not going to work for you. Right? It was a bit of a lead balloon. And they're going, what did you just say? No, 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 we're not going to work for you. What about you, Jim? No. So so you brought Jim Lee over here to tell us that you guys aren't going to work for us and Jim Lee isn't going to work for us? It's like, look. And we're like, yeah, that's exactly it. Here's, what, here's why we're here. We think we owe you the same courtesy we just gave Marvel. We're going to tell you why we're not working for you so that you will close the barn door too because you're going to start losing and start bleeding creative people too. So they they were just so bummed. And I and I remember that one of them leaned over and goes, "Well, Todd, I I don't I don't understand because you know we just did this this sort of memorandum and this contract that was, you know, how to improve the creative community and how to better the, the lives of the com creative community." And I go, "No, no, 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 I'm aware of that." And they go, "Doesn't that then account for something. I go, no, no, no. I appreciate the effort. It was good. I just, 
I just, I, I, I just have one question though about that. I just, I don't, I'm curious about it. When you did this contract that was about the betterment of the creative community, that was going to better the creative community's life, I, I just have one question. Did you ask one fucking creator what would make their life better? And here's what I found out in life a long time ago. A pregnant pause gets you everything you need to know. And that that room was silent for five seconds before they started stuttering with some comeback gave me everything that I knew. And it was like, of course you did it. Yeah. So thank you very little, right? You don't even know, you guys are blinded yourself as to why we're leaving, right? I just wish I could write the letter to make the executive's life better and never ask the executive. <laughs> You're absurd. So that was it. So that's why we left. That's why, so that's why I left, you know? And I, and I, the thing that is interesting is of the seven of us, I'm the only one since that day who's never drawn a page for Marvel or DC Comic Books. I never, I never went back. Jim ended up selling his studio to DC, you know, as an executive at DC. Uh, yeah, because he did uh, Superman Unchained. Yeah, uh, no, he sold his. No, he yeah. sold. He sold his studio to DC, which was part of our pie. Yeah. And so we took it out of our pie. That was a tough day because we fell under a threshold that gave us certain certain uh, uh, mm -hmm. systems in place, but we have to keep certain amount of market share. And he took it away, and he collapsed us underneath it. So it was a tough spot. Rob Liefeld, at that point, we had had to vote him out for silly reasons he just but he was he was just young and and reckless and you have to just go can't can't take it and then and then uh, valentino needed some money from time so he went and wrote some books eric was writing nova and some other stuff and even last i even saw today you know mark is doing something for batman and right. it's like and i and i i just uh will essentially quit on day one just because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be part of a business. I just want to be an artist. So I'll do my book for you, but I don't want to be part of it. Uh, okay, so we were basically down to six. But out of out of out of all of us, I I, I just I go. I understand I own my own studio, and anything I do is my personal uh, in my personal control. I don't have to ask anybody. But I'm also president of Image Comics, and I I can't reconcile my head doing work for a direct competitor. So, so Todd, the artist, would love to do a drawing of Venom, and 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 Todd, who owns the studio, would love to do a, a Venom, but Todd's also the president of a direct competitor to Marvel. So, I can't in my I can't I can't get past it. Uh, my partners, they they seem to be able to get past it mentally. I never was. So I I on that level, which I think is a conflict of interest, I've been by far the most militant because I'm the only one. Who just had said no to all of it? No, I, I'll, I can't. I can't in good conscience. I can't do it. So, um, but it's okay. I, you know, I mean, matter of fact, I had another call today. Hey, you want to do some stuff for Marvel? I can't. We've had this conversation dozens of times. I'm a direct competitor. You know, I'm the president. You get the president of your company to draw something for my company. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll think about it. Right? So, <laughs> so of course they can't because they're public. Yeah. As a matter of fact, not only can they not think about it, they literally cannot. Jim Lee now is executive of DC Comics. It's owned by Warner Brothers, which is a public company. That that he's got a book this thick of the do's and don'ts as an executive. Wow. 
because there's there's rules, there's laws, right? You think the the CEO of Ford Motor Company moonlights with GM at night? Yeah. Not only does he not do it, it's illegal. You get thrown in jail for doing it. So, anyway, I just I I I just haven't. I just have been no, adamant. adamant about it. So, and so this is one of the reasons why uh, Rob uh, Robert Kirkman became a partner later. The guy who created Walking Dead, mm-hmm. because Robert Kirkman, who was a writer, not only became a partner, became the first non-artist partner. Was you know, writers can do about three to five books a month because you know it's way faster skill than drawing, and and he stopped all of his work, and took it all and was doing it all at Image for a, a while, and where a bunch of other writers were still doing. The, out of the four books, they were still doing three at Marvel and DC and then one for us. So they didn't turn off the spigot because they were just sort of straddling the fence. And I admired what, what Rob Robert was doing, that he basically shut it off to both Marvel and DC. We didn't ask him. He just did it on his own. And I went, man, that that guy reminds me of us, right? So we, 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 we made him a partner and we said that if you're a writer, you can do it too. You just have to have acted like this guy, which is in the total interest of image comic books. Cool, cool, cool. So he didn't have to, you know. So, but anyway, that's that's my goofy story. So, and that that was what was that 1992? So 26, 26 years ago. So, no regrets. And here's awesome. <laughs> no, and here's 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 the, here's the giant upside that people go, "Weren't you afraid?" <laughs> going back that whole thing jump off the cliff let's go so math let's just talk about let's forget about all the creative let's just talk now about finances if there's anything that now you have to be anxious about wasn't that I couldn't draw I mean I, I'm going to be drawing the same skill level so that none of that was going on we were getting about three percent max four percent of some of the profits when we were working at Marvel comic books DC comic books that was the structure so if you're getting 4%, which is 125th of the profits, right? 4 goes into 125 times, so 125th. So we knew that if we could sell about 125th the amount of sales, we would net about the same amount of cash. So where was the risk? To me, right. like, where's the risk? Shit, if we, if we were to sell only 10%, we were going to be dancing naked. Right? Woo! <laughs> and here's what happened. We sold the same. Yeah. As a matter of fact, in some cases, we sold more. And so we sold more, and we got 100% of it. Yeah. Game over. Game over. That was it. And so that allowed me to put money aside. It allowed me to seed money. It allowed me, so when I got mad and wanted to start a toy company, I had money. We had it there. We had it there. We had it there. So... Did we have a, a different reaction to some of the different uh, owners? Sure, we did. Did we have different reactions to some of the new kids that came in? Of course we did. We had kids coming in then. Once we did our seven books, we then started recruiting new, new kids. You go up to a 23, 24-year-old kid, and you say, Hey, how much you making working at Marvel DC? About 35000 35, not bad. You come for us, you do a book, I bet you minimum you make 200 grand per month. They're going, what? 
come on, come on, come on. So we had a couple of them that came in their first issue that you'd make about a buck, a buck a book. And their first issue would sell like a half a million copies. So now you got a kid who's making $35,000, 23 years old, and you hand him a check. And you go, here's a check. And they look at it, and their eyes just about come out of their head because <laughs> they got a check for half a million dollars for one month. God. Now, what should have been happening is they should have gone, wow, what happens if I do 10 of these? Right. Instead, a bunch of them, sadly, took that money, quickly disappeared, went and bought fancy cars and fancy vacations, maybe took care of their mom, their brothers, sisters. And they just lived the life of Riley and they didn't turn on any more books. I would have been like, how can we keep these checks coming? Right, right, you would right. think so. Right, no, no, no. But again, if 30, if you're, look, but if you're, li but, right, but if you're living at 35 and somebody basically hands you 17 years of salary, I don't know, is it, how much is there an urge to say I need 34 years of salary? Somebody just handed you 30 or 17 years of salary. So didn't need much more incentive. You're going, shit, I'm good for 17 years, right? And I'm young. So they went and spent a lot of it and they had some fancy stuff cars and houses and stuff and then here's the sad part being a freelancer means that you're essentially an entrepreneur so there are no deductions you get a check for half a million dollars and what they all forgot was that every April we all get a visit from the same uncle and Sam comes and he just says hey just paying you guys a visit and now all of a sudden they go and somebody and they go oh my god they want 200000 in taxes. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, that's 40%. You're in the 40% bracket now. So, now remember, let's, let's play with their brain, right? They're making 35000 They got to pay 200000 in taxes. This is almost seven years of salary in taxes for one year, right? It's all, their whole head is getting rewired. And they didn't have it. So if you don't have two hundred thousand bucks for the government, shoot! You think they just say, "Oh, okay," so then they start garnishing the wages, right. and they start taking the cars back, and they start making you sell houses, and this and this, and and all of a sudden you're going, and so here's the danger of giving a hundred percent freedom to us neurotic artists at times. Right. We're just not all built to figure out how to take care of our lives when things turn good. And so some of them, a lot them of them, rope. yeah, we, we gave them so much rope they hung themselves. And so it's, it's, we're trying to do a little bit better job and trying to coach them a little bit without coming across as a dad or whatever else. But uh, it's too bad. It's too bad. There was, there was a lot of potential of some people who could have, could have done a lot more for themselves. And well, that had to have been the first time comic book artists and creators were really making that kind of money. I mean, yeah, because this is the time when comic book, like we would start as fans, we would start to associate a character with the writer and artist. Yeah, I mean it wasn't always. Uh, it was when I was growing up. It was you know. Daredevil. Well, you know, Burn X Men and you know, Miller Miller Daredevil. Yeah, but that was the, so, you know a couple of them. And Alan Moore and then yeah, and then, but yeah. then suddenly with Image, like it was always no no we're, no 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 we yeah. were we were in charge of our lives completely, yeah. and that's that's that is uh, this is that whole thing. Be careful what you wish for. Because you think you know how that's going to work. And then all of a sudden, so forget that those kids, we as the, as the owners started floundering, right? We weren't putting the books out on time. 
Rob and Jim were, you know, expanding their studios and weren't focused on any one title. They were focusing on eight or nine. We were going in and out of Hollywood. People wanted to make toys and T-shirts and hats. So we were, they were having to come to us because we, we own the copyright trademark now. So they were knocking on our door. And so we, that's time. Anytime you're having a conversation, that's time, right? So when you're not at the board drawing, then, then that's, that's, that you just missed an opportunity to do more work, right? So, okay. And, they, and, and it, just, it, it was overwhelming to all of us. And so this is the experiment of Image Comic Books. We all suffered and succeeded in different degrees amongst the seven of us. And then if you branch it to the next few rings of, of the experiment, then, then you see it even more. And, and some people got it, some people didn't. And it's and I, I, it's 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 a story. It's a book in and of itself. Just that, just yeah. that that petri dish of this thing called image. The upside, though, is that you know we had our tough time. Rob left. Uh, Jim left. Took the 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 percentages. Mark was going to quit because he was in a bit of a tiff with Rob. And and we sort of salvaged ourselves from the cliff. You know, had a couple of tough years, and then just started going well you know let's, let's stop doing superhero books let's just do books good good books and then we just started becoming a lot more mm. eclectic and and that's where we are, we are right now so yeah. we just look for good stories now not good superhero story I mean I, I'd say that probably maybe only 10% of what we do is superhero oriented pretty much right it's 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 fantasy and, and big sort of interesting stories and some of it's even just pretty urban stuff or even memoirs right so we got a wide range of, of things to the point that we we do these things called image expos and the last one I was at it, it hit me that I was walking around going wow I could get hit by a bus as I leave this building image comic books is going to be okay I'm, I'm irrelevant I'm just going to be that oil painting on the wall that's like I'm just one of that old dusty founder and 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 there's some reverence to the young generation but they're doing their thing and they're good they're that the new generation they're good and so it's it's pretty spectacular how they sort of helped us keep the boat floating right so yeah. oh that's that's, yeah that's a lot that's great I, like I've, I've known the general backstory of Image, but then you get into the nitty gritty details and like a lot more work goes yeah. into it. Cause we hear like there are seven artists, we hear like the type of comics that you guys do, but learning the whys and the hows and what you guys went through. There's a, Robert Kirkman got a deal at AMC because he did The Walking Dead and he did some documentaries and he did, he, he was doing these these comic book documentaries yeah. on, on like Wonder Woman and whatever. One of them he did actually did on, on Image. Yeah, there's a whole episode of it. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's, really it's, good. It's, it's a good one. So yeah. if you, if you even want it. even more detail from different perspective of even more people, it's, and because that one goes beyond just sort of the founders, it starts to trickle further out, but it's, it's uh, I thought they did a pretty good job of yeah. sort of condensing 26 years uh, into this show. And they very properly I think contextualize you guys alongside 
everybody that had come before as well, which I thought was pretty fair. Because yeah. it's usually, it's all Stan Lee, it's all, you know, you don't even know, like, name a DC editor, right? Yeah. And then suddenly there's, you know, image and weirdness, and, and now it's movies, but this is a 26-year history of how comics changed from a really old kind of established model, and it became something that nobody ever... It didn't seem like anybody would ever think. We just really in, a, in a simplest yeah. form, we created an option. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah. we'll leave it to history as to whether that option was better, worse, or the same, yeah. right? But it was just an option, and so instead of having just Marvel and DC, and then now there's some other you know uh, smaller print companies that are out there. It's just another. It's another one. So just. That was it. Just another thing to look at as your career was going. If it doesn't suit you, walk on by. Walk on by. Yeah. Don't don't do it. But if you if you if you get an itch, a creative itch, you can scratch it at our place, right? And you can scratch it any way you want, right? And there's there's nobody doing it. So I, I it's it's uh, and 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 it hasn't come easy because of the I thought that the documentary and people who've done stories have shown, which I think is good, the warts and all of that that sort of lightning in a bottle and then some of the disagreements we had and a little bit of the thinness before we sort of found our footing. I think it's good, right? It was like a rock band, yeah. sort of, you know, then falling apart, you know, and somebody wanting to go off and be the lead singer all the time. So uh, it's, 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 I think it's, I, I, I think the story of image, and I'm biased, so take that for what it's worth. I think the story of image is of enough interest from a business model perspective. Forget that it's comic books and they, we deal with these words that people have heard of. It's just, I think, an interesting example of what can and cannot happen, the goods and the bads of trying to bucket system and, and having partners. What does all that mean, right? And then you get to see that it's not a cakewalk. Uh, but here we are, 26 years later, still doing it. Okay. <laughs> oh. Well, do you have any other um, questions or tangents? Honestly, no. Like I said, I just, I've been a big fan of yours since literally forever. Like, I, Spawn was, you know, like, us, like, honestly, for me, like, you know, I've mentioned it, like, Superman was one of my favorite comic books, you know, growing up. More than any comic book, it was always Superman. And uh, when Spawn came around, it was just, for me, I was like, oh, this is the opposite of everything that is Superman and I liked it like I did and ever since then I was just I was hooked you know I've literally had the action figures the comic books I had the games <laughs> I watched the movies so here's um, two things here's two things <laughs> I wanted to accomplish a couple things I wanted to accomplish was fun number one was uh, I wanted to just have him act in a way that I knew the corporate system wouldn't let a character act whether again good bad or indifferent I'll leave that to the readers and then, and then I wanted him to be a minority. Yeah. That was, that was, that was, it, it was a thing, it was just, it was a thing for me. And, and although I'm just a, you know, white cracker boy from Canada, so I don't, I don't know anything about the plight of minorities, especially a black man. Um, I, 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 you know, I, when I came down to America, uh, I sort of saw it and then, and then for a few years, I even roomed with a, with a, a African American young man, and I saw the shit. I saw the shit he had to put up with. 
Right. Yeah, honestly, that was actually one of the best things that uh, a bunch of me and my friends had growing up with the fact is like, yeah, like he wasn't white, like yeah. he, like, but like, I didn't, like, is, is like, it, he was, like, like Al Simmons' character was more relatable, like for us. Like, well, here's what I wanted to do, and again, it may be a disappointment, maybe it's you, or something, I don't know. I didn't want it to make it a thing either. I just, I just, I what I wanted was, you know, Martin Luther King just says, you know, we just want to be judged by the character of our actions and what we do, right? Like, stop it. And so, I just, the, the in the first issue, I, I stripped the skin because I just wanted his actions to be there. I just wanted to get, and, and the costume goes from head to toe, yeah. right? So it's like, you don't even know who it is. So I just wanted his actions to be why you liked him. And I, and, and, and I didn't want there to be any sort of other reason, pro or con, I just like, you fucking like the hero or not. And I knew something was going okay because I was in, uh, I was in uh, Texas. I was at a convention, a couple of good old boys, and they had lots of them. And, and they were in line, and, and uh, <laughs> they would come up, and they, and they go, hey, Hey, Mr. McFarland, I just want to thank you. And they go, that's Spawn. He's, he's our favorite hero. And I go, oh, thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate it. It's kind. I go, you, 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 you remember that, that that's a black man under that costume, right? And you can see the head snap. And he looked at his buddy. And it was like, fuck, we forgot. Like, we forgot. Which was really, that was it. That was what we were trying to do, was to get you to forget, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's like, and the moment I brought it back up again, they were, like, don't, they were aware of it. I don't know if they stopped liking Spawn at that point or whatever else, but it yeah, was just, it was just, <laughs> no, it was, it was, what, what, what I kept saying was that, you know, somebody worked in the system, is that Superman, Superman, you, you know he's a Caucasian, you know he's white. I get it, okay, so treat him like a white guy, okay. Batman, Flash, Captain America, okay, you know he's a white guy, I get it, because you see it. Yeah. Spider-Man, it's all came between living with my friend and, and doing spy. I go, Spider-Man, you didn't. Yeah. Spider-Man is head to toe. And I go, why, why, why are we just sort of acting like this guy is the same as everybody else, right? Why is nobody ever asking who is that underneath the costume? Nobody's asking anything. I mean, we knew it wasn't a female, which would have been, a, a, again, a different story. Uh, and so... I always had this scene, I never got to play this scene, but I, I just, I hate myself. It's the one scene I never got to do where if you play all the, all the stereotypes, we're gonna play all the stereotypes now. Clean cut, good looking white dude, Wall Street guy walking with his nice $500 suit and his, uh, his uh, attache case. And then he gets mugged by the black man from the Bronx, right? We're gonna play, we're gonna play the stereotypes. Spider-Man comes in and he webs up the mugger. Done, saves the day. And then as he's walking away, the, the, the stockbroker says, hey, thanks, Spidey. Thanks for saving me from that. And then he drops the epitaph, right? And Spider-Man would then go to that Wall Street guy and go, what color do you think I am underneath this costume? just for a moment. You don't know if I'm Asian, you don't know if I'm Latino, you don't know if I'm black, you don't know what the fuck I am. I could be East Indian, you don't know anything, right? You just made an assumption, right? And, and so, to me, 
this is my experience as being a white privileged white man. They always let their fucking hair down, minorities and women. They always let their hair down in front of me. Why? Shit, successful white heterosexual man, shit, I'm at the top of the food chain. So it always comes down. I always hear it. But you guys have heard it. Shit, I don't even have to do it. I've been there. You, I don't even have to tell you this thing that I saw dozens of times with my friend. It's not the blatant racism. You know this. It's, it's the bullshit stuff. And then if you even say one thing, then they'll go, come on, fuckers are joking. You know that one? Come on, yeah, yeah. fuck, lighten up. You know? <laughs> come on, it's a ki- come on, I'm kidding. It's always a fucking joke to them. It's always a fucking joke. Oh yeah, it's always. Yeah. And here's, all offense intended. Right, and here's here's the thing. Here's the thing that, that gets my goat about all of it is that. Let me see my light. Uh, is that is that I know these guys, and if you wired them up, these are the same guys that you wouldn't want to hear what they say about women in Vegas. So this you 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 wired them up. And you say, are you a gentleman? They'd say, yes. And it would come out true. Are you a racist? No, of course not. It would come out true. Because in their brain, they actually don't. They actually don't think that they're misogynistic, that they're racist, that they're bigots. They don't think any of They actually, and the reason is that, that the difference between me, what I, my goaded, which I can't hang out with them, is that I go, the difference between me and you is that you think it's a part-time job. You think if you're not racist for 22 hours, that gives you two hours that you get to be. Or if you're not misogynistic for 23 hours, you get an hour off. Somehow, it's like, well, I've been good for this long, why don't I get a little bit of this? And nobody's looking, it's okay. Yes, right? Yeah. And so for me, it's like, I just, I, this is it. I just, I, it's a, being a gentleman is a 24 hour job. It's a 24 hour job, right? Being non-racist is a 24 hour job. You don't get 10 minutes off. You either are or you aren't. You don't get to go, look, I'm not a puppy killer. Okay, so, so I broke a couple of necks, but, but, look, but for 30 days I didn't do it. No, you don't get to do that bullshit, right? You don't yeah. get to do it. It's a zero tolerance. To me, it's a zero tolerance. When they, when they try to defend themselves, look, Lula, no offense, I, I don't see color. Right, sure. Sure, sure. you only treat me different than yeah. right, right. Okay, but sure, I get yeah. you. Well, I, I, I don't know. Is that an insult almost? That it's like, oh, now we're going to just sort of not see you and your life for what it is. You know, yeah. the bullshit that goes with it that we help do it. But we, but we see it in all factions. We see it in the in the Catholic Church or something like that. And they're like, oh my God, they've done so good. Give them a break. Every corporation will do this. You see these movies. They get my goat. You know, oh my God, look how much good we did. Look how much good we did. Look how much good we did. Just cut us a break. Ah, oh, okay. So there was in that movie Spotlight. You guys see this movie Spotlight? Yeah. Oh, I oh shit. It's anyways, about the <laughs> priest raping the kids. So, anyways, and you get you get this moment mm-hmm. that you have in all these ones. The guy doing the investigation. The guy comes over and it goes something like this. Come on, lay off, lay off, right? Come on, look at how much good the, the church does here in Boston. Come on, come on, come on. You know, we give out turkey, we do this, we dress the poor stuff. And I, what I want at that moment, what I want with everybody, is the next follow-up question to that actor to ask and go, oh, you know what, no, 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 you're right. You know, no, you're right. You know, you know, they, they, they do a good job. Uh, but I'm confused, because I'm just a simple Canadian kid. So, so give it to me. I yeah. have class. Office is going to be closed okay. sooner. Okay, well, I'm winding up. 
Okay. Yep. All right. All right. The, the, the question would be to me, I'm just a little confused, so you can clear this up for me because I don't remember, I don't know what the number is because I have a different number maybe than you do. So how many turkeys do they have to give out, and how many people did they have to f give shelter to and feed before they're allowed to ask fuck children? What is it? Is it like was it like a thousand turkeys or is it two thousand turkeys or is it helping What's the, the drip? What's the number <laughs> that you go good now you get a free pass to ask fuck? Because for me the number is zero. They could give out a billion turkeys. They never get to touch a child like that. Yeah. So, but go ahead. You're you're saying why should I now take my foot off this pedal here? You know what? What is it like that? Somehow that 90, 95 percent doing it right negates the four percent wrong. It just it's absurd to me. It's absurd to me. So I, anyway, that was it. I just go no. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna create a character that. Is a minority character. I'm not going to make a big giant deal out of it. I'm just going to make I'm just going to make him a good man, doing his thing. Ultimately, I pattern him more after myself because it's easy to write because I just get angry about certain things, and I just go, okay, what would Todd do here? So, and 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 that was it. And then you just go, okay. So, I'm hoping that you know as much as even things like you know I'm glad that Black Panther did good. The first full-length superhero feature of a minority character was spawned in 1997, right? So, shoot, Black Panther, I beat you by 20 years. What are you talking about, dude? You're late to the table here. So, you know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going. But if, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. It's, that was if, them finally catching up. You made your move. <laughs> but again, it's, and again, I, I, you know, who am I? I don't, I, again, I don't, I don't understand the plight I've had. I've had people come to me, right? I've had some big, some big brothers come to me, put that finger in front of my face. What the <laughs> fuck? What the fuck you know about my life? I mean, I've had it. Right? And I'm like, uh, dude, nothing. I know nothing. I'm just, I'm just a little Canadian cracker. Of course, I don't. I don't know shit. Here's what I do know, though. I'm not the enemy today. Shoot, there's a whole line of people out there that dislike you a lot more than I do. I'm trying. It's all I got. I'm just making an effort, right? So. There's a bunch of people out there who can't say they're making any effort. Matter of fact, they're trying to stifle you. So I don't know. I just I, maybe it's a flawed it's a flawed effort, but it's an effort, right? It's all I got. It's all I got for you right now. But anyways, I would just again as part of breaking the system. Why just come up with the classic sort of version that I'd seen over and over? I'd drawn over and over and over and over. I just I'm like, oh nah, nah, do it. So can Jamie Fox? So give me, give me the the chops. Shit, yeah. Yeah. You can give me the. I've seen him. Give me. I've seen him on TV. I you can give the dick guy, right? And you've seen if you watch this trailer, the long version of Robin Hood has come out where there's a couple moments where he gets the look, and I go, shit, there it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> the look, Jamie. I need that look from you. That's the look. That's what I'm hiring you for, right? That look, like you don't want to be messing with me. You know that look, yeah. right? You go, shoot, because he's very charismatic, but. He just like no, no, right? I go, I don't know. So, anyways, I just why, why not? I, I, I guess maybe it's simpler than that. Why not? What's what's the harm? What's yeah. the harm? Exactly. So we just don't repeat the same thing that had been there for twenty times. Okay. So what? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We're twenty-five years into it. We're okay, right? We're about to uh, issue two ninety, two ninety-one just came out, right? So issue 300 will come out 
and then 301 will officially be the record for the longest running independent comic book in North American history. That's great. So, so 300 isn't my big deal, although they'll buy that one because the anniversary of 301. That's it. It's the record. I got the record. Oh, that's so. what you need to do. Right. 300 is like no big deal. You don't even mention it in like the editor's page. 301 is the one. I was saying, no, no, no. I talked, to, I talked to people at Edmonton. Go, what if I did 300 as a regular size issue, yeah. but 301 is like the triple-sized one? Yeah. And he just went, they're not going to understand, Todd. It doesn't matter. He's going, they're not going to understand. That would be the so, greatest. Yeah. That would be one of the, so, like, one so of the we're, So what we're going to try to do is almost do, like, two special issues back-to-back. Back. One is, like, the anniversary, and the other one is now the record breaker. Right. Right? So, um, so it's interesting the times that people will say, oh, you're so lucky. Get to write and direct the movie. Look at you. And it's like, like, oh my gosh! And it's like, <laughs> dude, let's let's just do a little bit of math here, right? So a, a book a, a book a month, twelve a year, hundred and twenty in ten years, two forty in twenty years. We're going up to three hundred. Do the math. This is twenty six years. Like, it took twenty six years to get to them to yeah. go. Okay, well, what do you say? I'm not in year two. Yeah. I'm in year twenty six. And they right. went, okay, okay. It took twenty six years of knocking on that door. Come on. Shoot, this ain't this ain't an overnight success here. This was I've been climbing this mountain a long time, dude. Some so. executive who was ten when it came out, they're <laughs> in charge now. They're like, it's true. It waited. They waited twenty six years. They can do it because they know what it is. Right, yeah, it's right? true. Yeah. No, I meet more and more people with power yeah. that just go. Man, I bought books when it first came out. Yeah, and I'm going cool. That's good. Maybe we can use that. So who knows? But anyways, well, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a big thing. <laughs> we'll see. We'll get there. Yeah. I actually bought uh, All Star Squadron Forty Seven. Oh my gosh, it. you're going way Your back. Very first, yeah, yeah. It's out. It's out in my car. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want to hand you something that. that no, basically, no, that's a, I don't see too many of those. No, right? well, that's, a, that's Doctor Fate, right? It's Doctor Fate, the origin of Doctor Fate. Yeah, and you got like uh, probably all but two or three pages on the interior, and it's all you. Yeah. You know, but I got that on the newsstand, you know. Wow. You know, but handing Here's the thing. Let me tell you a funny story. Sure. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story. The guy who inked it, Vinnie Coletta. Yeah. To me, the worst inker ever. <laughs> and he inked, like, tons, he, t- he inked tons of Jack Kirby stuff. Right. But he had this reputation that he'd give it to, like, the neighbor's kids and his <laughs> daughter and his wife and stuff like that. Well, and so I had a buddy that wanted to be an inker. And so when you become an inker, sometimes you can't get an inking job. They make you become an inking assistant first. And so they just go, hey, you know, you're not very good, so I'll do all the figures. You do the buildings, right? So, or the, or the bookshelves, or the stuff that's not going to matter. And so I had a buddy, and he's like, okay. And then they went, well, I went to Marvel. And went, well, you know, we don't have everything, but you know what? I think Vinny Clutty needs some work this week. He needs some help, right? Because Vinny would just take piles of work and just... And so... Uh, the guy goes, okay. And so he goes, here, phone this guy. And so he phones Vinny. The, he used to call him Vinny the Butcher. So Vinny, and he, he's <laughs> Italian dude, Italian dude. It's like a mafia dude. And, and uh, he, you know, like my buddy phones, and, he's, and, he, and Vinny goes, meet me at the corner of 7th and Lexington. 7th and Lexington at 9. Don't be late. Click. Okay. Kid, new to New York, just black sedan comes driving <laughs> up window goes down about two inches it's like it's like right out of a mafia movie and he goes Psh, you tommy 
Yeah. Fucking envelope comes out from the crack. It <laughs> <laughs> was filled with pages. Right? I'll be back. <coughs> I'll be back tomorrow at the same time. Wow. Oh. <laughs> My buddy's like, am I supposed to ink these? Or like, no instructions. Nothing. He didn't know if the kid was going to run away. He didn't know, like, he said the kid's standing there with pages going, I guess I'll ink whatever he didn't ink. Like, well, okay. Right? He didn't ask, are you good? Do you have any tools? Can you even do this? It was just, they said you want to ink. Okay. Right? So here's some pages. Who cares? Like, wow. Wow. This is it. This is, these are the moments you just go, all right. So, anyway, he wasn't held in high esteem. He was held as the guy who couldn't meet a deadline and you need to get a deadline done. Right. You know, you want it good or you want it Thursday? So, he was Thursday. A lot, of what they, a lot of what they produced back then, but, you know, you still got you and Alan Moore and yep. Grant and all well, those guys. So, I go, here we go. But yeah. anyway, Vinny, Vinny did that book. Yeah. Vinny, Vinny. <laughs> I, got, I got Vinny. I feel sorry, honey. I'm sort, of, I'm sort of proud. I will never look at that one again <laughs> the same way. Uh, no, because I know what the, pen, I know what the pencils up. look like. Yeah, well, I know the, there, there's some good stuff in there. Yeah. I know you're going you're gonna to be as you yeah. know, critical as, as the career. Yeah, so I, became a, so, I became, so I became an anchor. Yeah. <laughs> because I had all these guys. And then the, 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 the straw that broke the back on the inking was that I was doing Batman Year Two. And a great inker, a guy named Alfredo Alcala, who was, I thought, amazing. But somehow, him and I didn't gel, because I had this new 90s vibe, and he was still doing classic. And it was just, they kept putting me with these old classic guys, and I was doing this new vibe. And it wasn't, it, it, I never felt like any of it sort of met. And then, uh, and then the, uh, he came in, and he... He did on this flash page what looked like to me like I did a gun and he made it look hairy. So it was like I go hairy. How do you make a gun look hairy? And then, and then he did. He did. Uh, I, I had a, a hallway, and in the hallway you do a perspective. You know, you got your doors here, right? So the doors get a little bit bigger. Um, anyways, and I and I and I did these speed lines to sort of make it look like there was a little bit darker in the corners, right? So, you know, I had these lines that go like this and like this. And then, obviously, I didn't do it on the doors or whatever else. But it was just something to just say it's getting darker. And then, and then uh, Alfredo came in there and he went, and he did this for the previous issue. So it was just again. And he went, oh, you know, so instead what he did was he took that and he went like this and he went. <laughs> now. It's the same effect, right? Just going from light to dark, right? So this one, I'm just going from light to dark. It's the same effect. So I go, look, at, I'm not saying that the effect doesn't work. I go, I go, I gotta, I gotta ink my own stuff. Uh, I told the editor, I go, I gotta ink my own stuff. And if, if you don't let me, I'm not drawing the last issue of Batman Year Two. <laughs> and oh, by the way, I gotta be completely honest. I've never inked before, but I go, I'm, I'm gonna do it. And, here, and here's, here's why, editor, because. Because it's not that that wasn't good, per se. It's just that I'm skilled enough now, I'm in my mid-20s, I'm, I'm okay, that if I actually wanted a line to be this way... You would have made it that way. <laughs> I can actually do that line. <laughs> <laughs> See, silly me, the reason I wanted to go this way is because I, that's why I drew it that way. So, 
because I didn't know I wanted it that way because if I did I could fucking draw it that way right? <laughs> like it's ridiculous so they were just coming in there and just right. like ignoring so you know because again I just go well just let me do layouts then instead of doing pencils why are you getting me to do pencils but anyways I, that was it I, I, I woke up I remember I was in bed and I phoned them and I went and so if you look at the last issue of uh, Batman year two that was my first inking gig mm. wasn't very good and, and for a while I wasn't very good, you know, and then maybe about, by the time I got to maybe issue 310, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, it started, I started to figure it out, and then it just started getting tighter and better and cleaner. So by the time I got to Spider-Man, the regular book, it was, I had it down in my sleep, and I, I knew what to do, and it was just training myself to learn another craft, but I just, at least it was gonna look like my artwork up to that point. I had never had anybody make it look like my artwork, and I just wanted people to see the style that I had. So I, I just I had to I had to just learn that piece of it. So so I became writer, penciler, inker. But they you know you get a month for each one of those jobs. But if you want to do three of them, you, they don't give you three months. You still only have a month to do those three jobs. Right. So this is why you don't have people do two of them. So. Because you're going, okay, you get you want a pencil? You got a month. You want an ink? You got a month. You want to write? You got a month. You want to do all three of them? You got a month. Yeah. So I just had to figure out a process that allowed me to shorthand everything so that I could still meet my deadlines and get it all done. And, you know, part of my, my deadlines led me to my style and my style is based on just who I am and figuring out ways to meet deadlines because that was part of the criteria, right? This, yeah. is, this is, you know, which matters. I mean, if you can meet deadlines and, and you're not a good artist, you're still going to get a job, right? Because the guys that can't meet a deadline that are great will never get a job. So you have to be able to meet a deadline, and I, I, I have to always be there. So no matter what I did, I had to be able to do it in shorthand a little bit. So. You would be appalled. A lot of a lot of artists were appalled at how little drawing I did. I just went straight in with the ink. I just went, and I just went, "Why? What if you make a mistake?" I just I just the ink all white out. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, but what if you make a mistake? What if you make a no? That was it. That was to stop them. They go, "What if?" They kept saying, "What if you make a mistake?" White out. What do you do if you make a mistake with the pencils? Well, I erase it. Well, this is my eraser. It's all white out. They couldn't get past it. Right. It was weird. It was weird. I'm just checking in. <laughs> Hi, Jill. Oh, there's Jill. Yeah, it says Jill, you're the closer. I told him to bring you in for the closing. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted, I wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure you didn't have an appointment. Cop, that was no, no, we're done. We're we're going down. Got any more questions? Except Chatty Cathy here. <laughs> no, I think we're we're good. Shannon has left the building. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, other than that, yeah. I, mean, I, I think we're good, honestly. Um, yes. yes. <laughs> it really just, it We've really got just, a five-part miniseries now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. No, I mean, it feels yeah. great. Like, um, Don't put it out as, what, three hours? <laughs> you split this one up. Yeah. yeah. Make them subscribe. Part one, part two. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Right. Shit, yeah. Um, yeah, no, honestly, I, I, yeah, it was great uh, talking to you. Um, uh, like I, I even mentioned to them, I'll, I already said I was going to bring it up, so I feel the need to bring it up. I did meet you one time when I was like 11 years old in San Antonio when you were at a conference. San Antonio, why? We are going way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
so that was actually like um, it was during the premiere of uh, Spawn, and it, there it was like a comic book convention came out. Uh, I think like two months prior. So yeah, me and my friend went there. So I was like, oh my god! So I was like, actually really excited. I was like, I get to meet him again from '97. <laughs> Here we are now, 21 years. Later. You know what? I, I I'll go. I do a show every now and then, and somebody would bring me a picture from like 20 years ago, <laughs> right? And they go and they bring it, and it's like, oh my god, look at that! We're way younger, right? And then what I'll do is that, that we'll do, like you see on the internet, where we try to recreate, recreate the exact yeah. same pose, right? And so when you go, shoot, you got to come back in another 15 years. We'll do another one, right? Yeah. Until we just wither away. So, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so. Yeah, that was actually my first time ever meeting you. Yeah. yeah. Now, here we are. And now, and now, yeah. Now, now, intellectually, I just go, oh, I've been around so long now. I used to, like, at first, it was like you were just like the cool brother, older brother. Yeah. And then you became a little bit older, and then you're like the cool uncle. And then a little bit, then you're like kind of the hipster dad. And then now you're like, oh, you're just grandpa. Right? And so you're like, oh, darn it. Darn it. So, you know, so try to, I try to try to hang with them. But the youth, they're good. They're, they're good. They're talented. Right? They're skilled. They're smart. And they just keep coming. And they just keep coming. Mm-hmm. Right? They're just awesome. Right? Yeah. I waves. Just, big waves. Yeah. 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 Yes, someday. Because look, I'm getting old enough. I'm getting old enough uh, that the people I hang out with do a little bit of that, those young kids, old millennials, <laughs> those whippersnappers, you know, that bullshit, right? And I just, I, I, won't, I won't do it. I won't, I won't I, maybe because I see my own kids and I, I, I think they're fantastic and the people that they are, they're fantastic. But I just go, why, why are you saying this? They did that to us, yeah. right? We listened to Elvis Presley and we were the devil's music. And it's all the next generation is always the laziest, dumbest, right? It's all, it's always the next generation. It's been ha- and you know how long for me? You know how long it's been happening? I think it's been happening since the dawn of man, right? Mm-hmm. I think the first caveman yeah. that had to feed his family just took that saber tooth tiger down, and then all of a sudden they had the kid, and he's like, he's lazy generation, next generation kids. He goes. Goes, you know what they use now? Cause I used to kill that goddamn thing with my bare hand. Look at the scars I got. This kid, lazy kid, uses a rock. He's a rock now, right? Who can't use his hand? Got to use a rock. And then, and then the kid with the rock rose up, and he goes, "Lazy sons of bitch and young kids." He goes, "You know what they use now? They got themselves a little knife, right? I used to use a rock." Right, Koosh. Had to hit it eight, ten times. They got themselves a little knife now, pussies. And then the guy with the knife was like, these lazy sons of bitches, you know what they do? They take that knife and they tie it to a big stick. They call it a spear. They don't even have to get close to the tiger, right? Then a saber too. He goes, shit, look at this. At least with the knife, I have to take them and stab them. These lazy sons of bitches, they got us. And it just goes ad nauseum (laughs) until you get to the 20th century and then it's like, I walked five miles to my girlfriend's house in the fucking rain. And now, you know what these lazy sons of bitches do? They got themselves a horse, right? I didn't have a horse. Lazy sons of bitches take themselves a horse. Now, five miles. And the horse guy then goes, what? You know what I had to do to see my girlfriend? I had to go five miles in the sleet and the rain. You know how cold I got? You know what these lazy sons of bitches do? Got themselves an automobile. Right? Don't even get wet. Don't even get wet. They go in the car. And the car guy, lazy sons of bitches. You know what they do down? At least I had to take the snow and put it through the mud, get a little bit wet, get doing everything. You know what they do? Got themselves a telephone. 
don't even have to move out of the house and they're phoning their girlfriend. <laughs> it's always the next generation with the technology always makes them the dumbest, the laziest, the, you know, it's ridiculous, it's absurd. It's absurd to me. So, like, no, you want to be that that generation? Not me. I'm going. Have at it, youth. Go and go and go and make it's it look old. Do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I I have zero questions. Um, you've pretty much answered everything. I He's so this. starstruck. Yeah, I really am. Honestly, yeah, I really am. Like, uh, I'm a huge huge fan. Greg, anything? Oh uh, no, no. You're just insanely generous with your time. Yes. That was very. <laughs> no, but all the talking points that we had are pretty much covered. You know what's going to happen? The moment you guys get outside this office, you're all going to go, Oh, I forgot to ask him this. <laughs> oh, God. It usually and does. Yeah. But. And it'd be, and I go, too bad, how sad. So. Nah, but we prepared, like, talking points for, you, for your assistant and PR. And we, you've already covered all those in, like, the first five minutes of the conversation. Oh, I was yeah. like, all right, cool. So it's all been, it's all been a grand. Yeah, it's all been great. <laughs> no, appreciate it. Appreciate you guys giving me the time. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Other than that, we are out. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for li listening in to another episode of Ed's Words with Edward. We'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.